What's up, everybody? This is Breaking NCAA Podcast. Um, I'm Carson Jones. Find me on Twitter, at CarsonJones1. Um, it's been a crazy week for, for college basketball, and uh, now it's Saturday. And the, uh, the best part about Saturday is we kind of turn the page. Everybody gets a couple days off, a little distraction from football. Um, Saturday and Sunday football kind of takes over. That's no exception. And I wanted to do a little something different today as well. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a, a betting segment, and I wanted to bring on an expert, good friend. I've had him on some of the other podcasts I've done. Um, you can find him on Twitter, SIUSA Sports. Um, Louis G. Louis, how's it going? Doing great, man. Great morning. How are you? I'm good, man. It's been a it's been a crazy week, and just to give everybody some background on on Louis, um, Louis is an NBA expert, but uh, runs a sports investment company, has a ton of clients, does really well, just all around good guy, and uh, yeah, Louis, I I know that you're an NBA guy, but what's what's been kind of your your thoughts on this NCAA thing that's been going on this week, and how it does connect to the NBA because it really they really kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, it's. It's been one of those things, man, where I think it's been ongoing since inception of the NCAAs uh, in basketball, since football, too. I, even me, as a Division One golfer, it, it was in golf. I, it's not something that's out of the realm, and anybody, and you, I mean, you are in college sports, so you, you know what's going on. I think everybody that's involved or affiliated with uh, athletics at a collegiate level is um, they're in the know. I mean, when He Got Game came out with Ray Allen, what, 25 years ago, it's just something that happens. I think everybody's going to be caught in the loop before long. And ultimately, I think it's going to lead to the demise of the NCAA, but it all starts at an AAU level. All the basketball players are 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, and they're reaping the rewards early as they should. And, you know, that's, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I, I don't think anything should happen. I think they should pay the players, but, you know, that's a different conversation, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and you, you make a good point. If you think about it, um, 24 hours ago, Russell Westbrook signed a, you know, $230 million contract. It, when there's that much money involved, it's just – you're, you're going to have the corruption because all these, these shoot, these runners, these guys that just got arrested, all they need is one Russell Westbrook and they're set for life. And when you only need one, you know, you, you just need that one home run. You know, people are going to take these chances and they're going to take the risk because once you hit big one time, you, you get a Russell Westbrook or one of these stars, you're set for life. You never have to do it again. I mean, is, is that how you see it too, Luke? Uh, I do see it that way. Uh, I think that's pretty much how all the agents, how all the AAU coaches, how all the brand ambassadors for the shoe companies, some of the scouts, you know, that go and watch high school games and middle school games and all that kind of stuff. That's how everybody saw it. I, I think this time the only reason why it's different is because there's a legality, you know, coming out now. It's not just an NCAA sanction. Yeah. There's jail time involved. And I think that's the only difference right now. But I don't think it's going to last. I think it's just like everything else. It's, there's money tied up that can be traced, but there's also ways of trading currency now that's untraceable that I think it's going to go to, whether it be crypto or, you know, Bitcoin or Litecoin, Ethereum, anything. So that's where it's going to go next. 
Yeah, yeah, you make a good point. I, I said that the other day on Twitter that, uh, I, I mean, if this blows up, it's not going to stop anything. I, I think I just might want to invest more in Bitcoin because it will absolutely go to something like that. And uh, it's just going to keep happening. There's too much money involved, you know, just like the banks, just like Major League Baseball. Like, yeah, everything, where, where there's money, there's always going to be corruption. So, Well, what's, um, what's going to end up happening is you're going to get these, what, what is it? There's probably 300 kids coming out of high school every year that played AAU baseball or uh, basketball that can go to one of the Power Five conferences if they want to. They're just going to go and play in China. They're going to go and make a couple million dollars as an 18-year-old to go play, and then they're going to enter the draft. So uh, what we have, Adam Stern is a super sharp commissioner in the NBA. Uh, I really think he's going to figure this out, and they're just going to do away with it. You're going to go back, you're going to have high school kids going right into the NBA just like before. You're going to get the Garnets, going to get the LeBrons, because this is not working, the system that we have right now, and it's being proven at the moment. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. The uh, the one one and done rule was completely fool's gold. You know, people thought that. I, I, actually, I, I I mean I thought it was going to be terrible for the game, and it, it's it's ended up just being a complete mess. Um, I love the baseball rule. I love that you either come out of high school, or you have to do three years in college. I mean, that's yeah, the way I, it should be. I and I feel like um, NBA is a little bit different because. Those, these kids develop a little younger. You know, they're not having to take hits like you do in the NFL, so you don't necessarily need to be a grown man. You know, you, you can have some success, you know, like the, the skinny Kevin Durant of the world. I, I would like to see a two-and-done rule. You know, like you said, either go out straight out of high school or you got to spend two years because we've seen guys come in, you know, especially here at Louisville, the last three years we've had guys that, uh, that would come in as a freshman and they would be okay. They'd show a little bit of signs and then they'd absolutely explode. You know, it was Terry Rozier and then Donovan Mitchell last year, and then everybody's expecting VJ King to do the same thing. So I think I don't think it needs to be three years, but I think a two. You either go to the NBA or you come to college for two years. That'll right, and they want to get paid, get paid, and go, and that'll let the kids that know they need to come to college, you know, come to college. Exactly, and some of these guys that are, you know, they're going to be there for one year, and they're enrolling you know, say in, in the fall, so they start their classes around now or, you know, a month ago. They don't go to any classes. By the time basketball starts, nobody even knows. They're just keeping up their grades. And then they stop going to school when the basketball season starts. It it makes no sense to do a one and done. So it either needs to be two, three years, or if you're going to continue doing what they're doing now and the kids stop getting being, being paid because the FBI or whoever's on their case, they're just going to go overseas and make money because a lot of these kids are coming from inner cities and they're excellent basketball players. And all you need as an agent is to sign one or two, like you, you know, had mentioned earlier. So that's, that's what's going to happen. That's what happened to SMU a couple of years ago. You know, their star recruit went to China, came in and now he's playing in the league. That's all you have to do. Yeah. You make an excellent point. I, I mean, I, I really just do see this kind of blowing up. Um, in people's faces, I, I, I and you you brought up a good point. This is what reminded me of this: is uh, Lavar Ball. Um, you know, I can't say that I'm a fan or follow him too much, but you, you got to respect the man. He's certainly he's building a business and a brand. And he said that every single summer while Lonzo was in school, you know, somebody had offered him 200 grand. And 
what he his response was, you know, he didn't need that money necessarily. You know, he was pretty well off. He seems like a successful guy, and um, obviously he's, he's it seems like well off financially now. So he said, you know, he didn't need that. It wasn't worth it for him. He already knew that Alonzo was going to be in the NBA. But a lot of these kids, two hundred thousand dollars is life changing money, especially when you well, have none. You are very yeah, even even going uh, speaking on that point. Well, the the younger son, what is it, Lamella? He has a shoe out. He has his own shoe, and he's like what, fifteen years old, fourteen, fifteen years old. And yeah, and Lavar said. I don't care if he goes to school because someone asked him the question the other day. I was watching one of the uh, talk shows, and they go, "Well, what if he takes money for his shoe? He not, he's not going to be able to play college basketball." He goes, "Lavar goes, so? Who cares? So he sits out a year, or he goes straight to the NBA, yes. or you know, they, that's what you're going to start seeing parents and agents say. Then he'll sit out. Who cares? Nobody cares. The NBA don't care. They'll draft him." Yeah, yeah, you make a good point. Yeah, but that was that was the point that you know I was trying to make there too. Is just a lot of families can't afford to turn down two hundred grand. Um, so, you, like you said, if if some way they do clean up the college basketball game, these kids are just going to go get money elsewhere. Um, I I really think that Adam Silver will you know will will do away with this one and done rule and they'll have it fixed in the next you know couple years after this is all done because it just can't continue. So. But um, yeah, let's let's move on. I know we said we were going to talk about a few of these games. Um, we uh, Louie is, is generous enough to come on and give us some of his games of the week. He's actually given us six this week. Um, so Lou, the, the first one, I, this wasn't one I would ex- I was expecting, except I remembered that uh, you're a Florida State fan. So what is going on with Florida State and Wake Forest? Why why is this interesting to you? It's very interesting. For a couple of points, uh, Florida State now has a true freshman playing quarterback. So he's not exactly number one on the depth chart back in uh, July. But they've had some injuries. Of course, they play Alabama. Everybody saw that game. And then uh, NC State wreaked havoc like they normally do against us. Um, I am a Florida State fan, but as everybody knows, I, I really don't care about teams or anything like that. So we have a 0-2 Florida State team traveling to Winston-Salem to play a 4-0, can't believe it, Wake Forest team. If I had to put a line on this preseason, it would probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of four or five touchdowns. We're getting seven right now. And uh, just mark it. it, it it's a typical um, you're buying low. So... We're going to bet uh, Florida State minus seven. It's a pretty big bet for me personally. Uh, you have a bunch of four- and five-star talent on one side of the field, and then you have a bunch of no-stars you know, no stars overachieved so far this year on the other side. I don't see this being a game. Uh, this reminds me of when Carolina went to ODU a couple weeks ago, and uh, Carolina was only laying 10. I think they won by 40 or something like that. I see the same thing happening today. I think Florida State finally gets their stuff together, and uh, I think we see like a 38-10 to 10 game tonight. Okay. Yeah, you gotta you got to figure that Florida State is better than what we've seen. I mean, they were everybody's perennial number two in the preseason, two or three with Ohio State, and they're just – 
I mean, at this point, if you look down their schedule, if they don't win today, that Florida State might not make a bowl. So they uh, they really need to win this game. And I mean, Wake Forest. Hey, you never know. They uh, sometimes they're tough at home, and they do have a good defense. But uh, well, yeah, Florida, Florida State should be able yeah. to bounce back. Um, Florida State uh, will still get to eight wins. I think a lot of the a lot of the problems with Florida State was coming off that Bama loss, and then the hurricane, you know, went through. So they weren't able to get their little cupcake game that they were supposed to play. And then the Miami game that was supposed to be week three got pushed back to their bye week. So they had two weeks off, and then have to play NC State in a game that, you know, two weeks, basically three weeks from the Alabama game. With a true freshman, it just didn't really work out. I, I think Jimbo Fisher is fully prepared. This this game is setting up for one of those bets that I make that is going to – it'll pay for a lot. We'll, we'll put it that way. Okay. Well, cool. Well, uh, yeah, it's a big game in the ACC early early in the season. Yeah, Florida State definitely needs it. Um, stepping up, a, a bigger game in the ACC could actually be a preview of the uh, conference championship game. Uh, Virginia Tech, Clemson. What uh, what do you see going on here? Clemson, obviously, last time we talked, was going on the road in a similar situation and absolutely thumped by Louisville Cardinals. One of the most deflating losses in my uh, my fan history. So, what what's going on here today? Are you challenging Clemson again, or are you buying them finally? Um, no, I'm not. I'm not buying them. I'm challenging them again. When Clemson's on an 11-game winning streak, they're national champions. They're the public team. They went and beat Louisville in a primetime game on the road, which was a close game in the first half. And I think if a couple of different things happen before halftime, it's a completely different game in the second half. Um, that's my optimistic view. But it's a revenge game for Virginia Tech. I mean, you know, they played in the ACC championship game last year. It was 42-35, so it was a touchdown game on a neutral. Going to Blacksburg. I don't know if you've been to Blacksburg at night when the ACDC starts playing and they start jumping around and they start doing all their things. It's a completely different atmosphere. I'm taking the seven and a half points. I actually got it at eight. Uh, I think it's sitting at seven right now. But I'll take my chances. Yeah, it certainly feels like Clemson is at kind of their, their peak. I mean, Obviously, I'll, I'll never doubt Clemson again. I said that when I left the stadium two weeks ago. I will never doubt Clemson again. But it does feel a little bit like the, a similar spot to what USC and Washington State were in yesterday, where one team, you know, uh, USC was on a 13-game winning streak. Uh, I mean, had been dominant. Everybody's kind of picked to win the, the conference out there. And then you just go to a tough environment at night with a really good team that's hungry and kind of has a you know, big chip on their shoulder. I could I could see Virginia Tech winning tonight. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll I'll never doubt Clemson again. And <laughs> Kelly Bryant was way better than I could have anticipated. But you know, last week he he didn't look that great um, in that game against Boston College, and I could see him struggling. You know, it, I, like you said, Blacksburg at night is a little bit different than Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. It's a little bit louder, and I think Virginia Tech's defense is a lot better. Um, that that'll be a really good game. Yeah, yeah, I'm just um, – I'm a total person that uh, – I'm a power rankings person, and I, I value my preseason rankings, and I don't like adjustments in season, especially when they're six or seven points off what they should be. And this is what we have right now. We have a, 
a very, very public national champion. Every single game they win is prime time. Now they're going on the road. The public is going to bet them, you know, for the life of them. They're, they're seven points, so they're tied into every single teaser available, every money line parlay. I love those bets, just like USC last night. Yeah, it, it really feels like a similar spot. So I, I definitely see it coming down to the fourth quarter. And, you know, I, I definitely see him staying within a touchdown. So. But I will say, though, if Clemson, if, if Clemson covers tonight, I'm not publicly taking betting against them again on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll retire it if we uh, can do it again. So, um, last game, this, this one's really intriguing, too. Probably the, uh, the biggest game in the SEC today. I feel like the SEC really needs Georgia to keep being good. Um, if Tennessee wants to win this game, the the East is just going to be, you know, kind of a joke again. Not to say that they're bad teams, but just there's not gonna, there's no second clear cut. Everybody's kind of beating each other up underneath Alabama, and it's just going to change. The conversation is going to be Alabama and a bunch of dudes again, as opposed to the SEC. Um, what uh, what do you see from Georgia and Tennessee today? Uh, I'm betting Tennessee again at seven and a half. I here's the thing with Georgia. I think they're like the smaller brother that wants to be of Alabama, and I don't believe them yet. I, I like teams that have their back against the wall. And going back to my preseason rankings, there's no reason why Georgia should go on the road and give more than a touchdown to another SEC team, especially Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee lost a close game on a Hail Mary to Florida. They're still 3-1. They're they're not terrible. they got a lot of talent. Uh, I'm not a big believer in Butch Jones, but I think that he's also coaching for his job. Their game last week against UMass was terrible, and I'm beating myself up for not betting UMass because that was terrible for not me, you know, for me not looking at at the look-ahead spot, which is this week. But Knoxville's a pretty dangerous place to play at some times. And uh, I I just see him keeping it close, I can, maybe 35-31, either way. That's how I see this game going. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly feels every time they play each other, it, it, it comes down to the last play. And you know, Well, the last, the last six games have been decided by less than a touchdown. So... Yeah, that's that's a pretty good trend. So, um, let's let's move to the NFL. I, I know uh, you you told me there's there's three games that you really like this weekend. Um, there's nothing the, the NFL slate is, is. I think there will be a bunch of good games. There's not a bunch that like pop out real crazy. I I think the Broncos and Oakland game is going to be a good game. Um, you know, there are a couple couple good ones around the NFL. But the first one that you like from a betting perspective is Dolphins Saints. What? Uh, who do you like there? Uh, I like the Dolphins. I'll take the field goal. They've been to London four times, so this is not new to them. It's a 9.30 Eastern game for everybody listening tomorrow, uh, so set the alarms, get up early. It's on Fox. But I, I just think the Dolphins lost to the Jets last week as a six-point favorite on the road, which is dumb anyway. But – the Saints won. Dolphins lost publicly to the. You just gotta. It's a buy, buy low, buy low, sell high type thing. And I'm selling the Saints. I'm buying the Dolphins. 
there's really not much to say other than that. Um, the Dolphins have shirt up their linebacker. They got Ray uh, Maliuga, who's finally, they signed him a month ago, but he was out of shape. Now he's finally in shape. He's going to play. Um, they got Simmons back, who went AWOL a couple weeks ago, but he's finally going to play again. So I think Jay Cutler gets his act together. Running game, Ajayi, he's from London. He wants to score a couple touchdowns. Already said in a press conference, he's got two dances ready. So I think it's going to be like 27-17 Dolphins tomorrow. Yeah, a couple of things to take away there is, uh, one, at least I don't have to wake up and try to figure out my my Yahoo password like I did last night. <laughs> I didn't bother. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even know I had, I had a Yahoo login. So at least this one's on Fox. And, yeah, you make a good point. It, we saw last weekend these London games are a little crazy, and whoever's been there and kind of gets it tends to come out uh, come out and play a little bit better. Jacksonville's been there more than anybody, and uh, it showed last week the Ravens just is like they didn't even, didn't even get off the, the plane. It, um, it, oh. it really shows. Uh, the, the Saints got there on – I think the Saints flew there after the game on Sunday. So they got there Monday morning. The Dolphins just got there yesterday. So their first practice – I think the Dolphins now at this point are, have decided that it's better just to get there and delay jet lag because you're going forward and just keep with the motions. And the Dolphins are the same thing as Florida State. You know, they, they delayed the game. So theirs got pushed back to the bye week. Then they had to go to the West Coast. Then they had to fly to New York. Then they had to fly to London. If they win tomorrow, it's a really big step for them because they finally get a home game in October for the first time. So – We'll see what happens, but I really think they respond well off a law. That's how NFL teams do. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see that. Um, the next next game we wanted to talk about. This one's actually really interesting because uh, the the Chargers have lost three games that they and they could have won all three of them. I mean, it's Philip Rivers. He, it seems like this is a story every single year with him. You know, you can't really blame him for for the kick the kickers, but uh, yeah, it's just just what Philip Rivers does. So he he gets the Eagles traveling across the coast. Um, what uh, who who do you like here and why? Well, I like the Chargers. Uh, if in the last two years, I I don't have the numbers directly in front of me, but the Chargers have lost by less than a touchdown, I believe, ten times including all three this year. They should have, they could have beat the Broncos, they could have beat the Dolphins, and they could have won last week. Uh, every single time, it's a field goal game with Phillip Rivers. I think the Eagles are coming off a huge win that they escaped, 61-yard field goal against the Giants. Now they're coming across, like you said, to the West Coast against the Chargers that are playing in a very brutal, brutal division. And I and I think they pulled together. I like betting teams that are 0-3, 0-2, 0-3, That means that nobody likes them, and I like the teams that nobody likes, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see the uh, a similar situation with the Giants this weekend. Um, you know, these two teams are just are too good, I think, to start 0-4. And, and uh, it just feels like you push them back against the wall and everybody hates them. Those are, pretty, those are always pretty good buy spots in the NFL. Um, it's per, it's perception. Like, yeah, so it's, it's all perception. Yeah. If this was a pregame or a preseason, Chargers would be favored by four or five points. 
Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. It's, it's, it's all perception in the NFL because perception equals line movements, and that's where, that's where the money is in this, in this game. So the, the last game that you like is the, the Redskins and the Chiefs. Um, this, this is an interesting game. These teams don't, uh, don't play each other very often, but they also have polarizing NFL names that people are demanding that they both change. So it's, it's kind of it will be interesting to see if that conversation arises uh, <laughs> this weekend. So, but who, who, who do you like in the game, and, uh, and who, who covers? Yeah, I took – I'm not saying that the Chiefs, but I didn't take them straight up. I actually have them teased this week, and I'm not a I'm not a big fan of teasers or parlays. I might have ten or twelve of them during a full year, but I, I did tease down the Chiefs with the Patriots, and I I think that's a decent bet because the Redskins are coming off a Monday night or Sunday night football. No, it was, yeah, Sunday night football game against the Raiders, where I think ninety percent of the public bet on the Raiders, and the Redskins absolutely wiped them out. I was very big on the Redskins, had a money line, had them uh, 2X on site for my clients. You can't back it up. So perception has changed on the Redskins. Kirk Cousins looks good. Everybody looks good. That's all great, but it's the NFL, and you still have the Chiefs to have a very solid defense. Andy Reid always brings a solid game plan. And I don't think that the Redskins secondary can handle all the shifty receivers and and running and tailbacks that the Chiefs have. It's going to be a close game, but I have the Chiefs winning by six, another 27-21, 30-24 type game for me. Yeah, and Kareem Hunt might be the best running back in the NFL, and he uh, he literally just showed up. So I, I could certainly see that too. I don't know if I'd go that far yet. But I do think he's rookie of the year, at least offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wasn't a buyer immediately, but man, he he is explosive. Yeah, I, I thought he was just going to be a, like a Spencer Ware clone, or you know, the, the type of backs they've had since Jamal Charles has kind of fallen off. But he he's something else. He's he's really saved. He's really saved that season. I think with uh, Eric Berry going down, they needed that kind of momentum lift, and the Chiefs Chiefs got more explosive when they added him. Yeah, I'm hoping that Tennessee wins for Eric Berry today. That's that's what I'm banking on. You know, do it for Eric yeah. Berry. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Lou, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us some free picks. Um, I, I'll uh, I'll keep track of them and I'll let everybody know how they uh, how they turned out. But if uh, if somebody wants to find you and reach out and say hey on Twitter, how can they find you? You can always find me at SIUSA Sports, or uh, you know. Always can tweet you, and you and I are always conversating, and I'm sure we'll continue to do that. I appreciate you having me on, man. It's, it's nice watching a little President's Cup, watching the Americans do. They're doing pretty good right now. Yeah, that's that's all been fun. Well, Lou, appreciate you being on. Um, if you want to reach out to me, uh, at Carson Jones 1, and Lou, we'll, uh, we'll do this again soon. Awesome, man. All right, see you, bud.